Thanks for downloading this episode of I'm No Expert, a craft beer podcast. If you want to support the show even more, go to patreon.com slash noexpertshow. Oh, good evening. Hi. Special How- guest. How are you? Great. Uh, I'm excellent. It's uh, You're plugged into another episode of I'm No Expert, uh, craft beer podcast. I'm Chris Laudenslager, and every single week I uh, pick some beers and some friends, and we sit around my table and talk about stuff and things. And this week I have a very special guest. Hello. You've never been on the show before. No, I haven't, which I'm actually very excited about being on the show. Uh, the first time on the show. Introduce yourself, special Hi. guest. Yes, uh, my name is Philip Hillegas. I run Midwest Breweries. That's uh, Midwest and then B-R-E-W-E-R-I-E-S dot com. Not like a dot org or dot beer or no. anything yet. I got the dot com. I was very excited about being able to get that. Do you think I wish we should like should like like start like start no expert show dot beer? I don't know if that's even, can we even get that still? Is that a real, like, domain yet? If you can get it, get it, but I think it's a fad. Oh, of, like, the weird, like, like dumb domains at the very end. Agree, yeah. And the only reason they're coming about is because a bunch of douches are just buying up a bunch of names and not using them. Yeah. Which is driving up the price. Right. I could get noexpertshow.design. That could work. But then, sure. I, I would want to, I would want like no like no expert dot show. That could do they not I don't have know dot the, show? I don't know if they. I can I can siphon through of like fifty three more results if I really feel like it. I don't think I want to at all. That sounds really annoying. Yeah, tedious. Um, so tell me about MidwestBreweries.com. Yes, yeah, so we are just a website that is dedicated to giving you. Just a regular person's view on craft beer, um, expressing shows, expressing news, expressing commentary about what's going on in the Midwest and craft beer. Yeah, you uh, did uh, Girls Pint Out was a recent event. Yes. Do you want to talk about that? Actually, I would love to. Um, So my parents own a bakery and I do that um, full time. I run this website part time. And what we did was she heard that my parents owned a bakery and wanted me to partner with Flat 12. And I partnered with uh, Sean Manahan and Eric Fox, and we created a donut beer that we used our Devil's Food chocolate cake donuts into a stout Mm, in the mash. And um, yeah, it turned out really great. Uh, The event was wonderful and had a great time. I love what Indie Girls Pine Out does. Yeah. Very cool. I mean, it's yeah. You can go on the website and you kind of have like a little breakdown the of the event, and yeah. I mean, it's it's very cool to kind of check the site every couple of days and just see kind of like new stuff of like top ten. I mean, it's not all like top ten great Indiana beers. It's more like events and here's a new like a brewery opening up and. 
Yeah, and a lot of it's my commentary. Um, I'm bringing in new writers right now, and it's just kind of my view and my perspective of craft beer in and around the places I go and drink. Mm-hmm. So it's just been a lot of fun. Um, I've been able to go to a lot of really cool places, meet a lot of great brewers, a lot of great owners, and uh, going to continue to do that. And you're obviously on Facebook and Twitter as well for Midwest Breweries, like at Midwest Breweries. I am at MW Breweries on Twitter. Okay. And I Facebook Midwest Breweries. Okay. Very cool. Um, and on Instagram, right? Yes. And that's Midwest Breweries also. That's Is that like the new frontier of like cool, hip social networking? Are, I, you, on, are you on Snapchat yet? I don't even know what Snap, like how to use <laughs> Snapchat. I did a girl once that got me on it and I don't know much yeah. It's it's so weird. It's like this. It, uh, I don't. I kind of love and I've kind of hate Snapchat recently because mm-hmm. it's all these different. You can follow people and your normal Snapchat interaction is I take a picture of like this beer and then I like draw a funny thing on it and then I send it to you and then you can view it for like eight seconds and then it disappears forever. Yeah. But then there's like all of these companies that are. Um like making a story and if you put it on your story you can view the story over and over and over again for 24 hours okay so it's like if a news or like a blog puts up a uh, an article they can like snapchat about it and like take a video or take like go to an event and it goes up on their story for 24 hours it's Mm. it's it's a super weird thing and there's big brands like they've partnered with like um, a food network and like mashable.com and uh, cosmopolitan, the magazine and like vanity fair and okay. vice to like make these premium stories experience. It's very, it's, I don't That's, know. It's, it's becoming a very weird, like yeah, web 3.0 app thing that I don't know. Maybe there'll be a no expert show dot on, on Snapchat eventually. Yeah, maybe I should just go ahead and get the Midwest Breweries also. Do it. Just just get it really quick. Um, speaking of beer, we're kind of changing up the show format a little bit because you're here to talk. We're we're doing this like a like a one topic episode. Hopefully, yes. Um, <laughs> we'll see if that doesn't like completely go off the rails. Um, but we have something from Fountain Square. Hop your face is apparently an American double imperial IPA at uh, 9.7% from Fountain Square Brewing here in Indianapolis. Yes. Um, I've had this before. I've cheated. Uh, I know. It's like... Mm, so this will be my first time. Your first time. And your second time. Yes. So it might hurt me a little bit, but we'll we'll push through it. I mean, I feel like it's not a bad thing to be... To maybe like try it a second time, yeah, and then also give your opinion. I've I thought about doing that and like figuring out if I could like do a show, do two shows in two weeks where I do this the same people and the same beers, and then they come back and we do the same people and the same beers and see if something has changed. What but, I've been doing recently is actually drinking the beer at what they recommend you drink it at, and then also at the temperature in which our refrigerators are at Mm. because that actually will change quite a bit of both the aroma and the taste of it. 37. Yes. So I think we're good. Is this 
I'm not really sure what 37 feels like in a refrigerator. Mason. Refrigerator. Yeah. Yeah. Refrigerator temperature. Temperature-ish. Yeah. yeah. I don't I'm not really sure <laughs> what <laughs> I do I do admit though like especially with stouts and a couple porters that I have if they're like nice and kind of like Oh yeah. warm, not like room temperature warm, but if they're like slightly cool but not Yeah cold they're really nice i actually now whenever i have a nice like bourbon barrel stout i'll cup it in my hand trying to warm it oh, up okay. from whatever is being served at me with trying to kind of get it up a little bit because it will release a lot more of the flavor and the aroma oh definitely all right let's so. cheers this Okay. <clears throat> mm. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. Some people have that reaction to the IPAs. Mm. I have a friend of mine who I'm, I'm now the the person like at my work where I will get text messages all day. What beer should I get? Here's the beer mm-hmm. list. What should I get? What I don't know what to get. I'm like I really don't know your palate, but I can probably recommend like one or two things. Yeah. I with a friend of mine from work. He's like, oh, I really want a beer. And this is when I was starting to see Dogfish Head kind of back in mm-hmm. Indiana and Indianapolis on tap. And I was like, ooh, you know, they have a 90-minute on tap here, which is kind of great. And he's, I, I was like, oh, yeah, I just got uh, Dogfish Head. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll get that. That looks, that looks good. Okay, gets a pint of it. And he's like smelling it and he's like, Oh, this smells like really good. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty strong. It's pretty, it's like really, really happy. Yeah. And, uh, he, he sips some of it and then he looks at me and he's like, Oh, I forgot to tell you I'm allergic to hops. And I'm like, what? (laughs) What did you, (laughs) that's like a very hoppy beer. That's not like a kind of maybe sort of like allergic. Like he has a scratchy throat or like, he like, he will like uh, his face will get red and that's it. Like, it's a very mild oh. reaction. It's not even anything. I was like, oh, my gosh, do you have an EpiPen? Do I have to, like, stab you in the leg or something? Yeah. And then he just laughs. He says, no, it's not going to be bad. I'll probably, like, maybe sneeze and then have, like, a like red on my cheeks or something. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Like, I'm probably allergic to pepper because I sweat when it's on my salad. But, like, I still have it. So yeah. did he enjoy it at least? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So everything was good. Yeah, everything was yeah, right. it was everything. He didn't like slam the pint glass down and say, This is garbage, get this out of my face. No, it was a good I mean, he definitely enjoyed the beer a lot. Yeah. Um, what do you think of this? What are your thoughts? I think it's a very drinkable double IPA. Mm-hmm. Um which means that on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon I could find myself drinking several of these. Yeah. I don't think it's overpowered with an alcohol taste but the hops actually will just make it really nice like, yeah they uh, they like add there's enough kind of like earthiness there that it's not so resiny yeah i'm not big into resiny ipas like resin yeah specifically um yeah i like i definitely like them kind of more herbal more earthy kind of less waxy and resiny and the pine i don't like the pine yeah it's i i explained resiny and waxy to somebody 
And they're like, how do you, like, how is that a taste? And I'm like, I'm not really sure mm-hmm. how resiny and waxy kind of translates into a taste, but it just sort of does. It, yeah. No, I agree. Like, I, I'm not really, it's like, it's not really, so they're like, oh, so it's like sticky. And I'm like, no, it's not, and it's not like physically sticky, but it kind of like tastes sticky. And they're like, uh, I don't really get it. I'm like, I don't really get it. I'm not, no idea. It's one of those where when you're trying to explain it to someone that's never tasted it, they have no idea what you're tasting. But if you give them something and say, hey, this is going to have a lot of resin in it, or even after they taste it, you say that had resin in it, they'll go, oh, I now understand. Yeah. It's just those weird, like, describing words that we have to kind of use and make up almost yeah. to describe all this taste some of it sometimes it's just kind of, i'm just like this is all bullshit it's just just dumb <laughs> and that's why i don't want to get like a certification in judging or anything yeah. because then you can't just say no this is a beer that i want to drink on a saturday or sunday afternoon i was actually talking with a brewer a couple weeks ago and he had someone come in and start really complaining about one of his beers and the guy said, oh, yeah, no, I'm a judge. I know what I'm talking about. I was in two days before. I love the beer. I ordered three of them. It was fantastic. And I told the brewer, no, you need to understand that that guy's just a pretentious ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he wants to make sure that he thinks that you know that he knows what he's talking about. Mm. Whereas all I'm concerned is, is this good and do I want another one? Right. Which is really what it should boil down to. I agree. Point. I mean, like the whole like. I, I guess it's some places where there's like awards, like people like that kind of event, you know, they like going to like an awards thing for here's, you know, the, the best, you know, IPA in America or the best, you know, winner of the top beer award by food and table or vi- or wine magazine yeah. or something like that. I mean, like people like to read that, you know, what's the top 10 best beers that you can drink right now and you're you're right um i think the gabf does it really really well Mm -hmm. but then i've heard another complaint about how indiana's is done and i think that there's some changes that should probably happen but that's a topic for another podcast yeah that's a definitely that's another show yeah um, we're this show. Um, we are talking about one brewery particularly, but I think we can kind of like spiral that out into something that we're seeing. Lagunitas, yes, Petaluma, California. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you kind of set the scene? What what has happened recently with uh, Lagunitas, maker of? Lagunita sucks and Will something and those are the only two that I remember off the top of my head. Something else. Yeah, no. Um, so what has happened is they sold 51% of their company to ABEV. Um, actually, I don't have the words in front of me, but um, pretty much what it comes down to is it's Heineken. Mm-hmm. And Heineken owns Budweiser. And so Budweiser now owns um, Lagunitas. Yeah. So it's it's scary. 
Um, it's one of those where if you look at what's been happening over the past 10, 15 years, a lot of the bigger craft breweries, the ones that are really making waves, have begun selling out. Mm-hmm. And the biggest one most recently is um, Lagunitas. Yeah. Um, I think, was it a couple years ago, it was Goose Island out of Correct. Chicago? Correct. They were bought directly by InBev. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I mean, why do, you, why do you think this is bad? I mean, what's... What's the negative here that we're seeing with these smaller breweries, quote unquote, selling out or selling a portion of their company to these larger industrial, I'm going to say just like industrial level brewing companies. There's a lot that really goes into it. You really don't see the fallout for about six months after it has been announced because people like to stay where they are. The company doesn't like to change very much. But what you begin to see about six months out is there's almost an exodus from that brewery. Mm-hmm. And that's the bad thing is the people that have worked tirelessly for years to build a brand up to what it is, all of a sudden they don't feel like their voice and their opinions matter anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the big things that comes out of it as a negative but one of the good things is that those people, when they exit, they start making their own breweries. So, so in a sense, that's kind of kicking a few people in the butt who've maybe been a brewmaster and wanting to do their own stuff. But at the same time, it's kind of a chokehold on the original brand. Correct. Is what you're saying. Yeah. Now, they, they use some, I'm looking at the, the blog post from Lagunitas, their press release, I guess. And they have, it's interesting because they, they have something under here. It says filed under Heineken slash partnership. Um, and I was looking into some more news and I was watching some videos for the kind of getting some idea of what actually went down. The owner of Lagunitas um, and, the, and what I s- kind of read was that it's a 50-50 split right down the middle. No, as, n- no official documentation has been put out but everybody on both sides is saying 50 50 split there's not going to be any kind of um you know overarching power that heineken can have over um lagunitas technically as in like shareholders as in somebody can kind of come in and say oh well you know we decided to you're not going to do that this year and we have 51 percent or 60 percent of the company Mm -hmm. so i mean they 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 have always said that it's going to be this like collaboration and partnership that having this kind of big corporate connection gives you access to global scale, gives you access to global marketing dollars, gives you access to kind of this huge sort of industry that is the beverage adult beverage uh, machine that really kind of powers, I mean, like sporting events and concert events and. Yes. I mean, if we're looking at it that way, I think all this stems from exactly what happened, uh, with, uh, the person who owns Sam Adams Mm -hmm. brewery. He was the first craft beer brewery, 
uh, owner to surpass a billion dollars, and it's now on the Forbes billion dollar list. Other people look at that and go, man, I can take a shortcut. Mm -hmm. And that's what it comes down to is someone taking a shortcut because money talks and pretty much everything has a price. And so, yes, you do have the global global marketing dollars. Yes, you do end up having um, access to um, malts. You have access to um, hops. You have access to a distribution system that's already in place that that you would otherwise not be able to have and would have to work your tail off on your end to be able to grow and expand the way that would be hard work but would make you more money. Mm-hmm. So would you either rather have money up front or more money possibly down the road? Yeah. Well, it, what's, what's interesting, you bring up Sam Adams. I don't consider Sam Adams now a craft brewer anymore. Really? Why I not? think that they... I just think that the brand has shifted from where you've got this kind of just, I don't, I don't really see too much stuff from Sam Adams that I'm like, okay, that's like new and interesting. And that's a different conversation of like what qualifies a craft brewer. But when I see what they're putting out is literally like very hand, very like, (laughs) manicured and crafted kind of PR and like, Oh, their harvest festival beer. is like, you know, you can tell that it's like, there's a lot of like business dollars, like businessy dollars is going into this Mm -hmm. where you look at another brewer who puts out their, um, like pumpkin-y harvest ale. And it's like a picture of a pumpkin and pumpkin and you did it. (laughs) Yeah. And that's it. And, and, you know, it looks fine. It looks great. But, you know, you compare it to something like Sam Adams because they're all across the country. Like, they're going to have, like, simultaneous, like, do not open this box until, like, 8, 8. And it's going to be the new, you know, surprise thing. And there's going to have, you know, you have 40, 400 cases being distributed constantly to, you know, one city or something like that. It's just it, my my kind of perception of how kind of... Sam Adams marketed and Sam Adams kind of just looks on the kind of the spectrum of. I would, I would agree with all that. There's nothing that you said that is incorrect yet. I would try to um, bring it into another um, light, which is if you go out and you try to purchase something from Sun King, you're pretty much always going to be at, be able to find the big three. Right. And then anything outside of that, you're either going to have to go to the brewery or know where it's going to be going on tap. And Sam Adams is actually very similar to that. Um, A friend actually, he texted me a picture earlier today of two bottles that he brought home of Sam Adams they can only get in their brewery Mm. of specialty brews that they're doing just for the local people within Boston. And so you have to think about it and go, okay... And this is a conversation I had with another friend, which is we need to redefine what a craft brewery is. And maybe what a craft brewery is, it's a brewery that's privately owned. And and doesn't have any kind of corporate, like, shareholders and... Yeah. Although you would be surprised, 
a lot of breweries in Indianapolis and around the Midwest actually do have shareholders. They have investors. Yeah. They have people with money backing them because it is expensive to start oh, yeah. a brewery, which is scary. Yeah. I mean, kind of getting back to this like yeah. Lagunitas thing. I mean, you said that it's like this is their, they're taking the shortcut of, you know, basically being, saying, oh, okay, we need to make a lot of money. Or, or we are going to make a lot of money if we sell to mm-hmm. Heineken. Why yep. hasn't this been a trend then? Oh, I think it has. If you look, um, before we come back, if there is a break, I'll be able to tell you the other two that happened the week after uh, Lagunitas announced theirs. And then we look, and just um, this past week, Dogfish had sold 15% of their stock to um, an investment firm. Mm-hmm. So it is a trend, and it's something that I think people need to be aware of and concerned of. Now, Dogfish had what I looked at it because I just found out about it about 20 minutes before I got here, and then I'm haven't really been able to read into it but what it looks like is just an investment firm and it's not a uh, miller or it's not a coors or it's not a uh, budweiser or heineken so it's almost like a private kind of uh like vc money almost coming in but yeah. not really that's what it sounds some, like some to idea. me yeah but for 15 percent, it says like 50 to 150 million dollars is that what that says? Uh, oh, no, that's what they typically, uh, the investment company typically invests. Yeah. So, that's... I don't, I don't think they... They probably won't say the exact amount. Oh, they no. They probably won't say... Because it's based off of the Dogfish Head's um, current, like, market value. Yeah. So, not... It is a trend. Why... Is, is so should we be worried? Like, is this like some like, like a signal that the industry, the craft beer industry specifically, is something's happening? Or, I mean, what do you think that wh- why is this starting to kind of I believe, happen more often? I believe last November, um, it was announced, it was in between August and November, I can't remember exactly when, but it was announced that actually craft beer outsold Budweiser the largest share of beer in the United States craft beer sold out yeah uh, outsold Budweiser and I think that the people understand that and the people with money in the big three see that and go okay we need to jump on this trend and it's not necessarily is craft beer a trend but the people who are drinking Budweiser who are drinking PBR who are drinking Miller who's drinking Coors they're dying off Mm -hmm. and it's people in their 20s and the 30s who have the disposable income who are willing to actually spend money extra money on something that's going to taste better than flavored water yeah so I think that they're seeing this and they want to make sure that their companies continue to last like they have for 150 200 years yeah, I mean it's it's definitely feels like a business move. Oh, it completely is not as much of a creative move. So, like, here's the question: What 
what would like stop let's say let's say for example like indianapolis let's say found square triton sun king and um outliers i don't know just okay those four all four of those owners went into a room and sat down and said okay what if we like join forces and become kind of like a you know some kind of connected brewery under some kind of umbrella but then you have all of these different like arms that are a different style so found square still has their style but they are you know kind of talking with sun king so sun king has different distribution channels and different kind of connections that they can give to fountain square and kind of everybody sort of can share all of these resources because it's not i feel like a lot of these these brewers are really good at finding the the flavors that they want finding the hops that they want find the malts that they want the grains like they're, mm-hmm. they're like super good at that but at the same time, they're also like maybe not really great at getting the really lucrative distribution deals that they need and the kind of the whining and dining of local businesses that some I mean yeah. I mean Sun King got the Indianapolis Indi- Indians deal there in a bunch of, you know, restaurants like as a permanent tap mm. of like some like higher end places. Um I mean, what if that was a thing? Would that? What do you think that would benefit the craft beer industry, or is that too? I mean, that goes back to our definition. I mean, not privately owned now, so I don't think it would. And the reason I don't think it would is because they each of these places. Let's assume that they're making a profit. They're creating good product, which I drink all of those. Um, breweries that you mentioned uh, their beer so it's not a matter of that but they're all turning a profit because they're all making good business decisions the thing is that none of them really have a large amount of capital Mm -hmm. behind them the reason that Budweiser is able to come in and entice these breweries so much is because of the fact that Budweiser has so much capital behind them that they can just dump cash on someone's doorstep and that cash can go into new tanks new fermenters they can triple quadruple or even multiply by 10 the production that they have the reason why craft breweries are doing that is because they want a shortcut to increase their productivity Mm -hmm. and not necessarily to increase their um, what they can necessarily produce because a lot of times they're already at capacity and they just need a little bit extra money to get a bright tanker, to get a new fermenter, mm-hmm. or to to get a new brewer in that yeah. can brew a third shift. Yeah, and it's it, it seems to me though like it's it's more. I, I I lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> we're covering um, a lot of stuff. Yeah, we're we're kind of you know going. Um, let's regroup. Let's take a quick break. Um, kind of uh, get some more information. Talk about some other uh, ideas behind this. Is uh, craft beer selling out? Because that we're going to call it. Are we calling it selling out? I think we could. Okay, let's call it selling out. Yeah. Um, you're listening. To I'm no expert. We'll be right back. 
And it's cold when you're gone And you leave me behind To I'm No Experts, a craft beer podcast. I'm Chris Odenseger, and you're locked in with a very special episode. Philip is here from MidwestBreweries.com. Yes. Correct. Not dot .beer. No. We didn't look that up on the break. I forgot about that. Uh, that's We hard. can actually get dot .beer as a we'll check domain name or something. I'd, yeah. I'd be interested in that. Um we're having a very special episode. We're kind of just chit-chatting. We're industry chit-chatting. Kind of a little bit deeper dive into yeah. uh, some recent news from Lagunitas out of Pelot... Take two. Lagunitas out of Petaluma. Yes. Blech. Oh, that's fine. Blech, 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 blech. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I haven't warmed up properly, I guess. I can't really say Petaluma. And we are drinking a 9.7%. Yeah. So that's a thing. Understandable. Yeah. So far, it's still good. Yeah. Actually, I'm enjoying it as it's getting warmer. I'm actually enjoying it more. Mm. Is that because it's getting warmer? Because you're drinking more of it? Chicken chicken and egg. Chicken and egg kind of conundrum there. Yes. I think your listeners should actually try it for themselves. Do like an experiment of figuring out whether or not it's the, the temperature of the beers making it taste better or more of the beers making it yes. taste better to each their own i mean i think everyone's going to come up with a different opinion it'd be like a very sciencey episode of the show yeah. we could get some like thermometers and like some beakers some dry ice yeah, or that, something i don't know that's we could just... way over my head <laughs> But there is polls out there on Facebook that you can just put up there and then people can figure or vote. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe. That could be something. Facebook.com slash no expert show. I like it. Uh, Facebook.com slash Midwest Breweries. Correct. See? Look at that. Boom. Yeah. Done, done. Um, hopefully you didn't do that thing on Facebook. Did you see that thing on Facebook about the... Uh, I don't really use Facebook, but I go on there for the show to like promote stuff and I kind of just yeah. see some things like pop up randomly. And I was on there last week, and I was like, what is this weird, like, manifesto that somebody just pasted into some kind of status? Some kind of yeah. thing. And I read it, and I was like, mm, mm, what? what? Mm. So you're saying that you're putting this thing on your Facebook profile about your privacy, because A, you think Facebook is going to start charging you $5 to make yeah. sure that your profile is private, and B, a status that you put in there is... Legally binding. Legally binding. <laughs> uh, have you ever seen the meme where um, Batman slaps Robin and then you can make Robin saying something? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, no. Um, so how that post starts out, which is, I hereby declare something. And all of a sudden, just Batman that, just it's wrong. backhands him and says, stop that. Stop. Seriously, <laughs> like, I don't get it. I don't, I don't, I, I've been away from, I think I got rid of a Facebook page. Like in like the middle of when I was still in high school. Yeah. And then I started another, I started one for the show. Like I did a personal account and then I started one for the show. And like, man, what the culture on Facebook is so bizarre. It's just like really, because I like talk to people and they're like, oh yeah, I'm just on Facebook. And they're just like scrolling on Facebook. And I'll like scroll on my newsfeed and I'll be like, what the fuck is all this shit? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm like, it's all just really just garbage. And then somebody showed me the other day how you can unfollow somebody, but then not unfriend them to hurt their feelings. So you don't see any of their posts in the news feed, but you are still friends with them. So if you go and creep on their profile page you can see their you know new baby pictures or something well um i use that for more of my exes than anything else mm. to unfollow and not still unfriend uh, not unfriend i see yeah because you're still like cordial right mm. trying to be the bigger you're gonna person. be civil yeah right you don't want to be completely you don't want to completely ghost them no because that would just be rude right yeah but i mean if you do ghosting right it's it's you know it's not rude because they don't realize and then you just do you know that term? This new this new term, the social networking term? No, I haven't. So ghosting is, let's say you have like an ex or a yeah. friend and you have like a falling out. Okay. And you basically, you, you know, delete their number from your phone. That goes away. Okay. You unfollow them on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all the like the social networking. Yeah. Like all of it. Just, yeah. You just disappear from all of their connections. Mm-hmm. Without kind of like any word, no like, yeah. But you turn to a ghost. You don't exist. But does that actually work? Like, if like it a can. mutual friend like tags you in a photo, won't that like show up in their newsfeed? Um, not if you've on Facebook. You can you do the unfriend. On Twitter, you do the unfollow and the block. And then if you're okay. really mean, you do the the report as spam. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I'm not that far with any of them. But um, okay, yeah. ghosting. I'm yeah, it's it's a look. weird. It's a weird. It's the it's the internet's weird. Internet is just a weird, weird weird place. I followed one person on um one person on on Twitter the other day yeah. from the store from the show account and. I don't know if you've ever used TweetDeck, but it is a horrible, horrible application that shows you all of your notifications and activity literally running in real time. Okay. So not only does it show you your timeline, but who like at replies you or who retweets. So this person, this is my whole notifications of every, of like the no expert show account mm-hmm. and the mentions, but then also shows you the activity. So you can see everybody that you're following, what they're doing. Oh. So all of their tweets and then all of their favorites and then all of their like people that they friend. So it's a good, it's a good tool to go in and say, Oh, this person followed Indiana beer review. And I can be like, Oh, that sounds like a good account for me to follow. Yes. And I can go in and say, bloop, did it. 
No, Indiana Beer Review. Uh, I follow them too. Um, so. But I also see that uh, Jonathan Mullins is up there. Where? Uh, over there. Jonathan Mullins uh, followed uh, Pete Brown. Um, I don't know why you're seeing this. Am I just, just done? Right. Oh, right here. Oh, okay. Uh, so, no, I know John. He's an absolutely wonderful person. And uh, apparently, I'm following him. <laughs> yeah, no. This is what's, and this is why I try to explain to people who go, I don't understand Twitter, I don't understand this. Well, the fact of the matter is, it's to connect you with people with similar passions mm-hmm. that you would another, no other way have a connection with. So, Jonathan and I, I saw that one day that he was brewing outside of Broad Ripple Brew Pub a Star Wars, well, not Star Wars beer, but a Dark Wit that mm-hmm. on May the 4th. And so, uh, he was doing right, something yeah. clever with that. And we bonded over that, and now we're friends. And he's an absolutely wonderful person that I thoroughly enjoy, and he's doing some really great things uh, with Broad Ripple Brew Pub since they're turning 25 in November. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm turning 25 in November. <laughs> so this brewery has been around for as long as i've been alive yes and they're the longest uh, running brewery in the state so i just want to they are the ones that have springboarded or um everything that we see in crap beer in indiana mm-hmm. they are the ones that are, the catalyst they're yeah, like they the are. the taste makers yes really so hashtag lord hill as uh that birthday's coming up in november we're trying to get that trending for him okay yeah he's a 70 year old person who just loves beer <laughs> and it's fantastic and summer and Winterfest, he's the one that was the backbone of that when it first started wow so like a lot of history yes there. anyway uh, Anyway, what were we talking about? Yeah, Twitter. <laughs> it just goes on. It's tweet just, deck. Tweet yeah. deck is just a horrible, horrible thing. This is what I don't know if you you know this. This is job that exists in corporations yeah. called social media manager, mm-hmm. and it's people who are like you. You can work for a company who's a social media manager for brands because it's all about you know your your brand social media presence. On you yeah. talk, we were talking about Snapchat in the first segment. <laughs> And I read an article about how it's you sit down on a computer all day and you go through these all of your different Twitter accounts and you post things Mm -hmm. during the day, you know, very strategically. So, you know, maybe it's in a response to an event. Maybe it's a, you know, Kraft Foods does something. Mm -hmm. So you have Kraft Foods corporate Twitter account, which has, you know, I don't know. Let's look up. Let's look up Kraft Foods. Um (laughs) Uh, Kraft Foods. Is, How many yeah. followers do they have? 182,000 followers. <laughs> Which is just insane. Poor Velveeta. Yeah. <laughs> Velveeta's under Kraft? Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, food food company. Yeah. So, it was about this, this social media manager. And she was, like, going through. She has all these different brands that she's working on. And they'll go back and forth with their PR department. And okay. she'll email back and forth and say, okay, how does this wording sound? How does that wording sound? You know, is this okay? Is this not okay? Yeah. And so you're working and, you know, you have your iPhone or Android phone. So you're you're going places and you're tweeting all the time, like from these different accounts. So you're switching accounts. You're going from one account to another account. Yeah. So what eventually happens is that she is 
you know, like over the day, like she's completely overworking and whatever. Yeah. And she is, you know, out at a establishment. She's maybe consuming some adult beverages and she opens up Twitter to tweet out some kind of horrible thing about something. And she's logged into one of her corporate band's Twitter accounts. Mm. And she tweets it out to, you know, 200,000 people simultaneously. This, like, random just yeah. just splurge of profanities and just yeah. word vomit. Our waiter was an ass. And yeah. he deserved to be fired. There you go. From, like, Snapple's Twitter account or something. <laughs> Snapple. <laughs> just, I mean, that was, that's what it was like. It was like yeah. from sound, and that's that's people just sit in TweetDeck like if that's their job is to sit in Twitter and just work like that. I don't know if I could ever do that. I would probably lose my mind. Oh but. no, I drink way too much, and that's why I like kind of doing my own thing is because I can tweet whatever I want and not really give a shit basically about it. So. So yeah, you can tell when I'm doing drunk Twitter because I <laughs> You're just, just start, like <laughs> I start going back and forth with people, and it's fun. So, what are we talking about? I don't even know where this show goes. We're talking about selling out. We're yeah. talking about brands, businessy selling out. Lagunitas. Mm-hmm. We looked up. We have definitively found the three. Okay, the, the three major, um, like multinationals who own a lot of the. The beverage brands are InBev, Anheuser-Busch InBev, SAB Miller, and just Heineken International. Mm -hmm. We're the three that we've... So Heineken, Heineken is the company, is the corporation behind both Heineken and now Lagunitas. Correct. Or at least that's what we found on the internet. Right, which is all 100% true. Oh, yeah. There's nothing. You can't put a lie on the internet. Oh, no. Those are internet police will get you. Yes, they will. <laughs> I've seen them. They're in black suits. Mm-hmm. They knock on your door and say, sir, can I see your uh, browsing history, please? Mm-hmm. And they just go in. And... Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith, I think, were a part of it. I think so. Yeah, back in the 90s. Yeah. It was um, called something else. Uh, um, men in gray? Mm, no, a different color, I think. Blue. No. Mm, try again. One more time. Orange? Mm, no. Black. Yep. Ah, there it there is. We are. There it is. All right. So the internet, please. Um, but anyway, so yes, uh, there's three major companies that own pretty much a lot of breweries and a lot of beer around the world. Maybe not a lot of good beer, but no, no, yeah, no, uh, yeah. There's we saw some on the list. That I just would never, ever, ever. Uh, S A B Miller. You've got things like Atlas, Blue Sword, uh, Dog in the Fog, mm. Fusion Iced Botswana, <laughs> or Fusion Iced Zambia. Mm. Why not try a delicious Grand Reserve? No. Or a Miller Chill. No, this is not real. That's not a real. Hold on. I've got to look that up. That's not a real. No, yeah, it is. What? Yeah. It's, What's a Miller Chill? It's like the Bud Light <gasps> Margarita. It's, oh, dear. Yeah. It's Miller with, like, lime infused. It's. Lime. I just did air quotes uh, for yeah. the audio listeners. Lime infused. It, it's fucking awful. Lime infused flavor. 
Yeah, you think Corona tasted bad with the lime. This tastes even even worse. Ugh. My my thing is with beer. I don't know if you are in the same camp as I am. As if you have to add anything to it, then that you should know. Oh no! Yes, I was at a brewery up in Detroit uh, just a few months ago, and they dropped this like orange in. And when they were dropping it in, I saw them like squeeze a little bit mm. as they were dropping it in because I'm OCD and notice things. The, is it like into the pint glass? So they like the squeeze glass. it and they you know do the no they like. As they were just, because it was like a garnish. They wanted to uh, make it look like a garnish. But as they were, like, throwing it in, I saw a little bit of a squeeze. So I saw a few drops coming out. Okay. And I was like, hmm, there's something going on there. And so I tasted it. I was like, that orange is, they're trying to cover up something. Something that they should have probably poured out. And it was a friend on Twitter that pointed out, oh, no, it was lactose from it just going bad. That oh. they should have poured it out. Instead of trying to serve it and cover it up with an orange. That's gross. It really was. So, like, Blue Moon, the quintessential, I need an orange beer in this. Yeah. Uh, They did not, I don't think that they have a lactose problem, but the brewery that I went to definitely did have a, like, milky, um, it's a soured beer that isn't supposed to be sour. Yeah. It's like that, you, you, you open up the sour milk and you sniff it and it's like that yeah kind of but if you sour milk correctly you get blue cheese and cottage cheese right probably yes yes we'll just go with it yeah Mm -hmm. i'm no expert at cheese making at all no idea so i don't know sorry i'm just that's fine that's fine yeah i mean whoever made zima though or owns zima should we should just boycott them forever anything that they make who owned zima because i mean zima is no longer around that was like the 90s craze of of like oh those are town in russia maybe it is russian owned coors 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 made zima a malt beverage so uh see miller's my like go-to crappy beer so now i have to boycott miller's not Ugh. Mine was actually uh, Heineken. Really? Oddly enough. Interesting. If, so, I, if I don't see anything that is like even remotely, remotely like tangible on a menu somewhere, I'm like, oh, okay, guys. It's fine. Yeah. Or like um, a few days ago, I went to um, BW3s. And at BW3s, like, they jack up the prices. Oh, yeah. They're ripping you off. I'm just going to say they're ripping you off. And. I didn't want to pay like seven dollars for a beer, so I just, seven dollars a BW three. I I don't. I'm just assuming. It's, we're gonna assume correctly. Seven dollars. Those yeah. savages. But I just ordered a Bud Light or a Budweiser because I like Budweiser better than Bud Light. But it was on special for four dollars, and I mean, sometimes you just got to go with the really bad stuff to understand how good this hop your face from Fountain Square right. can taste. That was a good plug. This isn't a, not a sponsored episode. No, it's mind not. You. not sponsored by Fountain Square. Like, but Fountain Square, if you want to sponsor me, twitter.com slash noaks per show. Just tweet yeah. at me and I can... I mean, if there was another beer in front of me, I would have just said that beer because it's easier to remember something in front of your face than somewhere in the back of there your you mind. Go. But selling out. Selling out brands. Yeah, which Business-y. actually 
tied into me selling out your show yeah that's how that's basically how it works like that's uh you know and we don't i don't run ads on the show um i'm supported by patrons um you can go to patreon.com slash no expert show and support the show you get extra patron bonus content um i post random silly pictures on there and uh bonus beers which will happen periodically that we will do extra episodes usually at the end of the episode and then we just kind of roll into the bonus beer, which is usually, I mean, the show's not safe for work in general most of the time, but this goes like, it's like, oh, okay. NC-17 or something like crazy sometimes. Interesting. So, uh, patreon.com slash no expert show to become a patron, patron, excuse me, patron at any level, dollar, quarter, whatever. Um, and every new episode helps support the show every single week. You don't run ads on Midwest breweries, do you? No, I don't. Um, eventually, there'll probably be something, but right now, it's just all coming out of my own pocket. Mm-hmm. And Hosting's really not that bad, though, nowadays. No, it's not, but it's traveling. Mm. Uh, I think I've been to 82 different breweries, um, and then going there buying beer buying food seeing what the atmosphere is like for me to be able to tell you should you go there or not yeah because there's actually a brewery in both detroit and in indianapolis that i will never speak of oh well we're not gonna say it on this show no we're not because it's just it was that bad you were just and not necessarily that bad but it didn't hit my palate right uh the service was mediocre to terrible there was just nothing that I could like pull out and say, Oh yes. Like this one, because of this reason, you should go check them out. Yeah. Like it was all just, meh. how much does, let's say you're going to the actual brewery mm-hmm. and they have a tap room or whatever. How much does like the service of that environment affect your opinion ba- compared to the beer itself? Um, I can separate it. Um, I'm very good at being able to say, okay, the service was fantastic and you should go here for the service. Or the service was kind of shitty and you should just go here for the beer. Mm -hmm. It's one of those where I'm able to separate it. I'm able to distinguish and, and then actually say, no, this is the reason why this place that I'm talking about this place. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been to several places where a person is just fantastic. They're a great server, but they're in just a terrible situation. And I will try to highlight that person so that they know that, Hey, a person came in, they do a lot of writing. They thought that I did a good job and now they can go and get a better job somewhere else where their actual food or beer or whatever they're doing is better. Yeah. And they're not in a terrible situation. Like Hopcat. Um, oh, I just said their name. I'm not going to finish that sentence. Oh, dear. Okay. <clears throat> mm, interesting. Good, it's this good is, and bad. This is saucy. It's good and bad. Um, I love Hopcat's... Um, uh, oh, I'm getting myself into a little bit. You can, you can, yeah. we can not go, we can not go there, but no. on the break, you're going to tell me about No, no, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say this. Uh, I think Hopcat's uh, beer selection is absolutely fantastic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I love their location. 
there's nothing bad about their location. I'm like maybe 10 minutes away, which is super <sighs> dangerous. Yeah. Like it's like bloop right there. Um, yeah, I, I am. Oh, I see the problem with me is I can't separate like service and food quality. They're just like one and the same with me. Yeah. And I used to work in this, you know, the food service industry a long time ago. So that's kind of like ingrained in my brain. But what's weird is that I can actually, if a server's good, if they're like exceptional, mm-hmm. it makes everything else really good. <laughs> oh no, it really does. It's just like, oh well, this I if I would have just had this by itself, I would say it's oh, mediocre. But because you explained it that eloquently, yeah. it's great, excellent. So, <laughs> and oh. and it's at the same time, it's almost it can get the other way. Like if a server is really shitty, then I'm just like, oh, I'm never going back there ever again. Yeah, there was a place of Broad Ripple where the server, I said, hey, what kind of draft beers do you have on tap? Craft beers uh, do you have on tap? And the guy goes, uh, well, we have this Kolsch from X Brewery. Yeah, it's kind of like a Bud Light. Great. And it was actually a local brewery from Indianapolis. I was like, I'm not going to like you. You're the worst. Selling out. Selling out. That was our like original, <laughs> original kind of uh, thought. Well... As we're going into this, I can read a quote actually from uh, Lacanitas T on Twitter, which is the person that uh, is the owner, from what I have been told, uh, of Lacanitas. And this was dated on the 30th of January, 2013. And I'm not sure when uh, Goose Island announced theirs, but this is what Lagunitas T said on the 30th of January, 2013. Going on to say, selling one's brewery is selling all of the one's best friend's careers. Their hearts, their portion of their lives they spent working for you. That's pretty strong. Yeah. And then when was um, uh, Goose Island's announcement? It's fine. It's, uh, da, 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 da. It just says 2011. So that's the actual, like, yeah, three years, 2011. So, so it probably wasn't in direct response, but it might have been a response to a few questions that he had had. So it's just interesting that he had that strong of a response back in 2013, and then all of a sudden in 2015, things changed. Mm-hmm. And I think that to play like devil devil's advocate, the the whole industry is like this very very sort of like dog eat dog. Oh yeah, like there like are breweries that will pop up and then like disappears. Three months later. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that go into even, like, making a space and, like, getting enough, like, good recipes and, like, even thinking about, you know, talking to some kind of distributor. Yeah. So, it, it's it's kind of understandable from, like, a business aspect. If you're a business and you're saying, okay, we're very big and profitable, you know, and it, like you said, it is it is like a shortcut, yes, but at the same time, I think it is, you know, like very smart business minded. I think that somebody who went to businessy school <laughs> and got their business degree 
how many times can I say business? But you know, it's it's like it's not them surviving; it's them not they're they're head and shoulders over some like local breweries based on volume, based on profit margins, based yeah. off of of you know mind share of you know people who who know that particular brewery, and if they can say, all right, we're at a three. And I can go literally in a week or overnight and say I'm now at an eight, and now you're like head and shoulders in mindshare, and you just have that cushion because next week you could disappear at that point. I mean, it's not like Lagunitas was going to do that, but I'm thinking most recently in my kind of mindshare, and I don't know if if you're in the same boat, is is uh, New Belgium. I feel like New Belgium, maybe like five years ago, was like the kind of like hip, cool kid. And now I'm looking around and I'm like, okay, well, I see fat tire still. And I see, you know, I don't really see the shelf space at the different places that I buy beer anymore that have a lot of New Belgium stuff. I still see Lips of Faith, which is granted one of my most favorite series of kind of ideas and concepts that they come out with but i don't really see them as like a mind share anymore compared to some other breweries and maybe that's indiana maybe i don't know new belgium i think is doing extremely well um because they are expanding and it's kind of the situation that you're going to find yourself in when you look at either Sam Adams or you look at uh, Sierra Nevada or you look at Stone, a lot of what we get is not what they're getting in their home state. Mm -hmm. In their home state, they're getting very special releases. They're getting things that we will never, ever, ever see. And that's just the name of the game because they're going to support their local community more than what they're going to support anywhere else. Um, an argument can be made that uh, Three Floyds is either a Chicago brewery. <laughs> we've, we've talked about this a little bit before. But a Chicago brewery or Indianapolis brewery. Mm-hmm. And Chicago gets a lot of really special stuff. I actually went up to Three Floyds uh, earlier this week. Um, and... The stuff that they had on their tap list, I had never, ever seen before. And that's just the nature of the game. If you're local, you're going to get the special stuff. If you're not local, you're not. So uh, New Belgium, I think, is dying down a little bit, but they'll stay at least here in Indiana because they are very good, very drinkable. Mm -hmm. They always create just fantastic products, but we won't see that specialness because they just can't provide it it's not cost effective yeah and that's why sun king's opening their fisher's tap room and brewing their small batch stuff is because when they're doing uh, 80 barrels systems of a particular brew it's just not cost effective but they can do it in a small batch sell it in just a tap room and we can have some really fantastic stuff here yeah. coming up yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like that balance of being. You always like to look at these local breweries who have like the cash cows that like keep them in business, and yeah. then that allows them to sort of play around yeah. and experiment a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's for me. There's like a lot of this weird sort of just like mind share that I kind of that I see in like talking to people and define mind share. Like just like basically the idea that a particular brand mm-hmm. kind of percolates itself through okay. people's consciousness and doesn't really maybe they don't even use that particular mm-hmm. like uh, most recently Volkswagen yeah right the huge uh blowback from Volkswagen they which I've only seen the headlines I don't even know what happened basically they cheated a bunch of these like EPA tests oh. for emissions All right. you know they they build this stuff into their cars that basically said, oh, this car is getting tested for emissions regulations. Mm-hmm. We're just going to do some fancy uh, engine things, and then oh. it's a lower emissions. Because when you huh. test a car, you plug into that special yeah. port underneath the, the steering wheel, and mm-hmm. you run the computers, and those computers had some software on there that kind of said, oh, we're being tested. Uh, we better kind of act very, very well, like, you know. Mommy and daddy are coming home. We must be proper. That's uh, <laughs> basically what they did. And so now the CEO of Volkswagen stepped down. Yeah. And um, the CEO of Porsche is actually now the CEO of Volkswagen. I think. Okay. Yes. I don't know. Okay. But, you know, mind share. Just kind yeah. of like just general, like if you talk to somebody and say, hey, you know, what craft breweries do you know? Mm-hmm. And they're going to be like. In Indianapolis, you're just like, oh, I know like Sun King and I know like beer and like Fountain Square has like one or something. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all kind of that just general mind share of people yeah. knowing those things. And that just helps a particular gotcha. brand out. Because, I mean, if you walk in and you're faced with a whole wall of different beer from who knows where. Mm-hmm. And you're not like you and I. Yeah. You're going to be like, okay, I know Bells, I know Sun King, and I know um, Triton. Yeah. Right? And they go in and they see, oh, there's Two Hearted. I'm going to buy that because I've had it before and I know what it's good and I'm going to go ahead and I know the, the brewery behind it and I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be that other those other times where then if Bells has some special thing, like their, what is it, their Kalamazoo stout that they have. You can go in and say, oh, that's Bells as well. That mindshare kind of clicks over. So that's kind of what I mean by like okay. just, just just general mindshare of I understand stuff and like placement on shelves. Yeah, it's association. Yeah. If, if you liked this, odds are you're going to like this. Right. So if you like one IPA, odds are there's a lot of other IPAs you're going to like. If you like something that Bells does, excuse me, um, then you're going to like something else that Bells does. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the the mindshare yeah. kind of idea. It's, I mean, for me recently, it's been Evil Twin. Really? I freaking love Evil Twin. Mm-hmm. I see. They're yeah. the one out of Brooklyn. Right. Well, they, yeah. he's he's out of sweden or norway originally he's a gypsy brewer yeah but they mostly brew in brooklyn and i've you know on the show multiple times a lot of bonus beers is evil twin <laughs> it's just because i like see it and i'm like yep mm, I, don't, I don't care what it is i don't care what style <laughs> it is it's an evil twin it's new i haven't had it i have to try it yeah and just that mind share of evil twin i'm like oh wow 
that's super good. And it's the same kind of feeling that I had with the Lips of Faith series from New Belgium. Yes. Where I would see some kind of new Lips of Faith from New Belgium. I'm like, oh, I don't know what this is. It's some kind of weird coconut curry, you know, jalapeno beer. Yeah. Mm, delicious. Who knows? I get it. Mm. Try it out. And that's kind of fizzled out for me. And Evil Twin is like the new kind of experimental. So I'm not sure where I'm going with this. It's just kind of me ranting, but no, no, no. Um, now I'm going to have to ask you the question. Um, fortunately for any of your international listeners, mm, it's true. Um, we live, I mean, we live in an area where we don't get a lot of cross branding with craft beer. So I don't, I, unless you knew Goose Island was owned by Anheuser-Busch, you probably would never know except for the fact if you go to Anheuser-Busch, you will see Goose Island being sold. Mm -hmm. So is there the mind sharing that you're talking about in America and when Lagunitas goes outside of America, are they going to have that any way for that mind sharing to happen? I think it's going to be like a hard, it's, it's the, it's the kind of the process that you have with like most definitely if Heineken takes Lagunitas outside the U S at some point, they're destroying the name and they're rebranding it. Maybe not Lagunitas as the name, but all of their, all of their artwork, all of their actual like names of the beer. It's oh. not going to say that Lagunitas sucks. It's going to be completely different. Yeah. Because if you look at the trends of every single other beverage manufacturer and especially food manufacturer, mm-hmm. internationally, even in Canada, you'll see like the same or very similar food product. But a completely different packaging, a completely different name based on regional uh, uh, focus groups Mm -hmm. and other brands in the region. I mean, that's what those kind of big like corporations, especially in the food corporations, are great at is figuring out, okay, here's Snapple, right? I've been craving Snapple lately. Here's Snapple in the U.S. It's come up a couple times. You know, Snapple lady. It's great. Um, here's Snapple in the U.S. It's got this color scheme. It's called Snapple here. We're going to take Snapple, the product. Yeah. You know, the juice or tea or whatever, and put it to, and give it to the U.K. And we're going to name it, like, it's still going to say Snapple. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be a totally different flavor, or it's going to be a totally different, you know, name. It's going to be tea. It's going to be whatever. Right? So I could see them saying, okay, Lagunitas, you're going to make a... Start out by making whatever, Lagunitas sucks, and yep. then when we send it over to the UK, it's going to be called something something by Lagunitas, and it's going to be this very oh, kind of... I see what you're saying. Keeping the Lagunitas the brand, and establishing a new kind of brand identity behind Lagunitas, but not necessarily using... In the US, they can't really do that. No. But what they're doing is... It will be the same IPA. It's just going to be a different name right. for their IPA. Right. Which, but still using the Lagunitas brand, which is, I think is, yes. Or, or that yeah. Is, yeah. That is what they will do. Yeah. 
I mean, it, it, the other the other long term is that they will use Lagunitas to make something different and distribute that outside the U.S. and not even have it in the U.S. So Lagunitas will make something, let's say for Germany, yep. and we will never see it in the U.S. at all. Uh, but they well, will make it there. They'll ship it over to Germany. It'll be under Lagunitas brand. You know, this mm-hmm. like, because I mean, everybody wants this, you know, homegrown U.S., yep. you know, down on the farm feeling craft beer because i mean that's overseas that's not that's what they're that's what they're craving that's what all that's why all these corporations are buying all these craft brewers right they're buying the craft brewers because if you really look at history prior to the prohibition people from other countries were sending people here to learn mixology and to brew beer Mm mm-hmm Prior to Prohibition, we had, I want to say it was around 3,000, give or take like 500, around 3,000 um, breweries around the U.S. And that was way before I think we needed what, uh, we're at 38, no, we were, in, we were in the 40s of the amount of states that were a part of the country. Right now, we're pushing 3,500. So even at the best guesstimate, we're still like right on the cusp of where we were a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. So now people are realizing like, wow, America is now starting to both do great cocktails, great mixology, and they're actually creating some of the best beer in the world, which is what we were doing prior to prohibition. And so other countries are going, oh man, we need to get in on this because we're innovators. Mm-hmm. We like to create something that isn't there. We like to um, put things together and say, screw to tradition. I'm going to do my own thing. Right. And so that's really what we're, we're looking at and why people from other countries want our stuff is because we're saying, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to make my own thing. Mm-hmm. And if it's good, great. If not, I'm going to pour it out and I'll try again. And that's the American mentality. And yeah. that's why people are so excited for it. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it's it's just they want a piece of the pie. Yeah. And also, granted, I think that the big multinational beverage corporations are scared. Oh, they are. Like that. I I keep going back to Super Bowl of this year. Yeah. And that ad that uh, apricot. Yeah. Peach, pineapple, pumpkin. Something like that. Um, yeah, that ad that, that uh, Budweiser put out. That was just, wow. That was I wasn't even watching the Super Bowl. Yeah. I come home from work, and I'm just like on Twitter, and I'm just going through, and all of a sudden, just everything explodes. Mm-hmm. Just, it was interesting. It was an interesting kind of like blowback of what we saw. But yeah, I think they're just, they're just scared, and I think that... We'll see some sort of allegiance or le- allegiance. Like there's, there'll be a line in the sand where the source where a lot of these smaller craft breweries will be either. We'll see some kind of very distinct. What? I'm going to show some cards here, but the the best thing that breweries can do is literally all band together and give the big middle finger to 
all the different breweries or all the big three. Yeah. And say, you know what? Go fuck off. Basically. And the reason that so many laws and so many things haven't changed is because there's so much money being pumped into lobbyists all around the country that won't even dwarf what Sun King or Three Floyds could do. The n- number one and number two, Upland probably in there. It's, yeah, with like just just general scale. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they could pump a tremendous amount of money into lobbying. If they do that, then what you can see is they wouldn't even touch the surface of how much money uh, Anheuser Busch and Miller Coors would be able to pump in to squash any laws that they're trying to change. Yeah, we got lucky with being able to increase the barrels this last year. I don't know if we're going to get lucky again unless all the breweries band together and actually create a strong lobbying force in America. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like basically creating a union, like yeah. a brewer's union, that if they can kind of put down their swords a little bit. Because, I'm, I'm, of course, they're all fighting against each other. I mean, they have to be. Yeah. It's a business. But, yeah, I think it's, it's, I think it's the best kind of... It's the best game that they can play now at this point of like all of their, all of their sizes, you know, how much reach that they have. I think this is the best like time for them to say, okay, let's put down our pitchforks and torches and actually kind of work together because yeah. it's, it, 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 I feel like it's, I feel like it's a house of cards and it's going to collapse at some point and we're going to be left with very few like really good craft breweries at some point. And and, and this is like, it's like pie in the sky, like way in the future is what yeah. I'm feeling. Like there's just, there's like regulations that are happening. There are just breweries that you're seeing just kind of like really falter and make really shit like bad mistakes and shitty mistakes. Yeah. Shitty mistakes. We can say that. Yeah. And it's, it, it just feels like that way to me. No, I agree with you. Um, what you'll see with craft breweries is it's going to change because everyone wants to be the big person on the block. Everyone wants to walk in and just have that big persona. They want to be able to say, oh, yeah, I'm with three Floyds. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? The ones that are going to survive, it'll be Black Swan. It'll be Lafayette Brewing Company. It's going to be Broad Ripple Brewing Company. It's going to be the ones that create a brew pub that has fantastic food mm-hmm. and then it has fantastic beer. And those are the ones that are going to survive because they're going to become the neighborhood bar. They're going to become the neighborhood brewery and they're going to be the ones that have the regulars that are going to be able to withstand the highs and lows of the economy. If you're going to try to be a founders, a bells, a three Floyds, a Ryan heist, you will not be able to make it. Unless you have a fantastic business model and even more fantastic beer. Because there's so much crap beer being pushed out right now by a person that goes, oh, yeah, I've been homebrewing for a few years. Guess what? It takes a significant amount more time to be able to become a fantastic brewer. And it's just not people are expecting too much from the little experience that they have. And that's why we have such bad beer out there. On that note, <laughs> bad beer. 
Bad beer. Uh, what was a good beer was the beer that we had on today's show, which yes. was uh, from Fountain Square. Hop your face. If you can find it, go pick it up. It's pretty good. Yeah. And I'm not saying that there's bad beer out there, but I'm saying, yes, I agree that there's a house of cards and there's some things that are going to be happening, I see, in the next two to five years. Yeah. I think we could probably uh, do another, like, four hours of this, of just, like, yeah. us talking about shit like this. So, but... Um, I think we'll have to end the show there. No, I agree. I had a fantastic time. Thank you for having me come on. Thank you for uh, coming on the show. Uh, MidwestBreweries.com is the website you can go. Uh, MD Breweries at Twitter. Yes. Facebook.com slash MidwestBreweries. Uh, we here at No Expert Show are at NoExpertShow.com. Uh, Twitter.com slash NoExpertShow. Facebook.com slash NoExpertShow. Uh, all the things. Uh, maybe to have add me on Snapchat. Yes. I don't know. We're going to both Snapchat, and it's going to be super dumb. Um, all the things that are happening on there. And Patreon.com slash Show is where you can go and get more extra content. Yeah. More content on Patreon.com. And I, I, people keep telling me, where can I find all the music going? Go to NoExpertShow.com. Go to each of the posts. I am post- making a giant Apple Music playlist it's like becoming a giant like 200 song playlist of all the music or most of the music that i have used on the show so go there if you want to get all the tracks like uh this one that's playing right now phil yeah. thanks for coming on the show this week thank you chris we'll have you again yeah definitely this was fun i it like was. this i like this new format where we just kind of just talk about who knows whatever <laughs> and thank you for listening to no expert show and i will see you next week bye guys